Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed. I'm joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell. Tyler's out today. We got Jacob over on the... Are you on a mic, Jacob? I am. All right. You can talk to us today. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, we don't have Jacob on a mic when he's in here. He's taking ja- notes. Or yeah. Something. Jacob and Tyler have... Uh, Tyler talks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob doesn't. Yeah. But so what do we got going on today, Shell? It's Super Bowl week. Uh, it's one of my favorite holidays. <laughs> Why, is, is it? I mean, they don't. It don't get the credit for being a national holiday. I want to see it show up on calendars. I want Super Monday off, or at least move it to Super Saturday. Oh, that'd be so much better. How would you like to be out in Vegas this week? Do you know how much money's being spent out there? But it's crazy. I know. I, I am on a mailing list for suites, like you know, box seat, yeah. box seating, yeah. and stuff. Um. I don't did, know why, but uh, <laughs> I like to pretend you, I'm fancy. So I got an email like last week that showed how much you could buy a box seat for. Just a ticket or the whole box? They had two options. You could buy a ticket into like a club level type seating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for only the low, low price of 70 grand a ticket. 70 grand. 70 grand. Um, and then you could buy a 20 person private suite for 1.4 million. No. And that's just for a couple hours. So they regular people aren't going to this game. <laughs> no. Not at that. I mean, I know those are like VIP yeah. people, or you know, that's where incredibly Matt well yeah. were sitting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I figure so. You know, Vegas is probably one of the most expensive places they can have the Super Bowl. So much to do there. I mean, it's gambling mecca. Yeah, know, everything shows. There's a lot of stuff food, legal out there. A lot of stuff legal in Vegas. <laughs> a lot of stuff. So I'm sure it is just pandemonium. I've always heard that Super Bowls are kind of a little bit of a debauchery anyway, scene anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, they've priced a regular person out of that game. Though. What do you think a regular ticket is? Like nosebleed, cheapest you can get. Several thousand dollars. I would guess five grand's the cheapest yeah. you can I don't, get. I don't really know, but I know you're not getting a $300 ticket. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not getting in for that. I wouldn't want to be there. I don't I like. I think the big I crowds. would. That's one that you know. I've never like. Let's go to the Super Bowl. That's. I mean, to me, the one game that I want to watch somewhere at somebody's house or out at a sports bar or something like that is the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, it might be different if the Vikings are in there. Maybe I would say, <laughs> "Hey, I got to be there." And I always had this thing going with Michael. Like, if they ever make the Super Bowl. We're going, you know, and that's the only time I've said that I would go to the Super Bowl. As if the Vikings went. Yeah. yeah. Well, Michael's convinced they're going next year. Oh, he think, yeah, he, think, he was all into the logo thing. Like whatever logo they use is the team that's going to be in there. Yeah. So it was like, uh, it was kind of that purple and reddish color. And so he was convinced it was going to be the Ravens and the 49ers. He was half right. If it, I guess they couldn't do red and red. Yeah, but next logo. year's is purple. So so next, he's yeah. thinking it's Vikings. It's Vikings purple. I'm I, I could get on that bandwagon. But he's still young. He hasn't been like beat down and broken hearted by <laughs> yeah. his teams for right. years and years and years. So he's still optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I'm like, eh. yeah, it ain't happening. <laughs> it ain't happening. But it's fun. Hey, next year it's in New Orleans. So that would be a great place to go for the Super Bowl. It would be 
If I had to pick, I'd probably pick so New Orleans people. over Vegas. Oh, yeah. I'd pick New Orleans over Vegas. You talk about fun stuff to do. and it's, It'd just be so many people. It. it would be. But people. It, but it isn't any more than what's down there now for Mardi Gras. Yeah. I, I avoid I mean, Mardi Gras, though. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too old for Mardi Gras. So what are you um, cooking for Super Bowl? Well, that's very interesting because you know, I mean, if anybody would guess what would be the number one thing I say I'm going to cook for the Super Bowl, what do you think it'd be? Wings. Always. I can't have Super Bowl without having wings. But I did find something very interesting. I got, I can't remember if it was on an email or a somebody's Facebook post or something I saw, but it was like the number one food search for the Super Bowl in your area. What do you think? The number one food searched in our area, Mississippi, is for Super Bowl food. The whole state? Yeah. Because my thought would be, I'm just going to say, I, I assumed it would be wings. Or some sort of dips. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's chili. Or sliders. Chili. Chili. Oh, well, you made a chili recipe. Like I that. did. And I had no idea. I mean, that came, I saw all that after. Yeah. But maybe that chili recipe is getting some search now. If people's looking for how to make chili for the Super Bowl. But you th- I've made chili is it for the because it's a yeah? Is it because it's a winter thing, or just because chili dogs go for game for game day? Well, you can make one pot of chili and feed a crowd full of people. Yeah, I could see that. It's a and it's and great. everybody likes it usually. And you can top it with whatever you want. You can use it for dogs. You can just have a bowl of chili. It's all kinds of stuff go with chili. So so it's easy to serve, easy to consume. And- yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah. But wings. That would I would have thought, and maybe people don't need to look up wing recipes as much. Yeah, they buy wings more than they yeah. Do. I, I, I bet it's, it's probably the number one thing bought during you know. Well, do you know what number three was? What pizza? And I can yeah, see that yeah, too. Yeah, but it, there again, I don't think very many people would be made. Now, I mean, pizza's a big thing. I've got all these pizza oven, outdoor pizza ovens, and things like that. So maybe people are searching for how to make that more. But I would think it would be delivery pizza. Yeah, would definitely. Be, so this goes back to your college days. You worked at a couple different pizza delivery restaurants, put yourself through college. Did you ever work Super Bowl that you remember? I can't remember. Like I, Maybe I a college remember. town, it would be a little different. Yeah. Pizza's probably big all the time in a college town. Yeah. Because kids are there. But the kids, that schools are back in. Colleges are back in for the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. I imagine I did, but it probably wasn't any more busy than a football weekend. Yeah. An SEC football weekend, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I imagine, I know, I've I've noticed it before in the neighborhood. You see a lot of pizza delivery vehicles on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all over the place. We've gotten pizza delivery yeah, on Super Bowl. Yeah. That's great for a crowd, too. You get a couple different pies, different ones. Everybody gets whatever they want. Um, it's you, easy. You have a recipe that's a barbecue chicken pizza. Yes. That is really good. Really good. I use I use the white sauce mm-hmm. as a base for it instead of using like a traditional red sauce. You can smoke. You can cheat on that recipe. You can buy a rotisserie chicken and not even have to smoke a chicken. And then all you're doing is the pizza. It's hard to beat a rotisserie chicken. It I mean, is. you can. For the money. Yeah. That's that's what the best values in the grocery store. It really is. The Sam's five. They used to be five bucks. They may have went up to six bucks. Now. I don't know what they are now. But at Kroger, I think you can get one for seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine. So you're still. And Kroger's are okay. They're good. It's the one thing. Sam's like, are. The one cooked food, like most time you go to the grocery store. So if you went and bought a slab of ribs, you can go back there and buy a raw slab of ribs cheaper than you can go buy a cooked slab if they even have cooked ones over in their deli. But that chicken. 
it's about sometimes the chicken is more expensive raw than it is cooked at Sam's. It is. Yeah. So it's cheaper to buy it already rotisserated. And a, a rotisserie chicken is pretty dang good. And you've got, you can make buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. Oh, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. Yeah. You could do all kinds chicken of Chicken enchiladas. That's not really Super Bowl. No. What you, that's a, that was one of the recipes that was in the top 10 list. Buffalo what? chicken dip. That one's a staple. Yeah. You got to have a buffalo chicken dip. I love it. You know which one's good and it's easy? Like you just buy it and heat it up. That's Sam's Club. They've got. It's it's not. I mean, it's not a Sam's Club product. Is it's, it Frank's? Yeah, it's a Frank's yeah, product. Yeah. And it is good. I usually doctor it up a little bit, but. But for a quick, a quick hitter on a game and you don't want to make it, you can't beat it. I mean, they're so it's so easy to make, though. I always look forward to the dips at a Super Bowl party, <laughs> but I love dips. Anytime we talk any kind of party food, you're the dip queen. <laughs> I love the, the good dip. dip. queen. I hot want, and cold. I, I want a hot one. I want a cold one. I want something else yeah. in there, too. You did a dip recipe this week. Dropped it out on uh, TikTok. I did. Instagram. That was for you. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Caramelized onion dip. Caramelized. It takes regular old plain onion dip to another level. Everybody knows how to make the one. So is it French onion dip the way you do it? Or is it just onion dip? I don't know what makes it and French. And what makes it French? I don't know what makes it French. <laughs> French onions? <laughs> I really don't know. Because when you buy it, it's like Lipton onion soup mix, and then there's Lipton onion, French onion. and Oh, there is? I a- think it's just branding. Yeah. Okay. But to me, like when you buy those little ones that are cold refrigerated, the French onion is always a little browner, like her yeah, grayer. yeah. The other one's kind of white with some green in it. And then they got like green onion dip, which is just more green onion. But I always put fresh chives in my But my recipe, it's not a hot dip, although you do caramelize onions. So you start with a couple sweet onions, like them little Vidalias, chop them up, dice them up. Pretty fine. Throw them in, like hit your pan up with a little butter, a little olive oil, just to you know get a base. The olive oil help the butter, not the burn so much. Throw yeah, why, why use both? Because it... Lowers that smoke point of the butter. Okay. Because if you just put butter in there, it's going to brown. And, you know, you're gonna, I mean, brown butter's good, but it's not just the greatest for straight sauteing. Because it's going to be in there a minute because I'm caramelizing these onions a little bit. I'm not taking them all the way to break down where they're mush-mush. I want some texture because that makes the dip good. But I want them to start the browning, that caramelizing, pulling mm-hmm. that sugar out of it and letting it turn colors. So once that starts, and it only takes three to four minutes, it's not long. Then I hit it with some garlic, and if you want to chop up some fresh garlic, fine. If you want to just use the jarred garlic, go ahead. That's, that's what I did. I've been using the squeezy garlic here lately, and it's it, pretty it good. It melts in. You just get flavor, and it just kind of melts. It's just essence of garlic. Yeah. It's pretty strong, though. Yeah, it is. I like it, the little tube. Yeah. I you like can it. use that. I like it because it's good in sauces and stuff like that. If mm. you want a little more consistency, it's not good, but anything where you would need it to dissolve like into butter. And you just want that garlic flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works really good. But- so once you get your onions and your garlic done, and it, you know four or five minutes, it doesn't take long. Put it out on some paper towels on a paper plate, and just let it kind of get that excess moisture. Let it cool down because we don't want to put this in our cold dip. We don't want to put it hot in there. Yeah, room temp's okay, and they cool down quick. So after the onions have kind of cooled down, some of that olive oil, you know, if if it's a, I mean, you don't really want it greasy, so you want it. Yeah, you, know, you want to drain it. Yeah, halfway best you can. I mean, the onions are wet anyway, and then. Whole tub of sour cream, 16 ounces, two cups, whatever. Half a cup of blue plate. Get that creamy tanginess, that goodness, essence of. And then I 
fold in those onions and caramelized onions, and I hit it with a little bit of steak rub to give it a little seasoning. I love the idea. And that's it. I love using Some, oh the Lipton onion soup mix. Oh, yeah. You got to have that pack. Yeah, you got to have that pack. Fold that pack in. Don't let me forget that. Um, I love using the steak rub. That's something I, 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 yeah. I haven't done before, but it has a perfect consistency. It's got the same flavors. It's going to. Just enhances everything. Yeah. It's got a little, it gives it a little pop from the peppers in it. So it's, it's not hot or anything, but you get a little pepperiness in it. And you're going to let it. Those herbs. Yeah. You're going to let it sit in the fridge and get softened an up anyway. Yeah. So it'll give that steak rub a time mm-hmm. to soften. Cause it is a coarser. Rub. Yeah. Yeah. Could you, what if you don't have steak rub? Uh, salt, pepper, garlic will be fine. You just need, you need a little something in there. And I, I mean, the Lipton Onion Soup Pack has a lot of sodium, so you're getting salt from it. So you don't need to go heavy, heavy on the salt, but you need some pepper and you need a little bit more garlic to balance it out. And if you want to put a little onion powder in there, you could. If you want to add a little more herbs, you could do that too. Could you a little use dash of parsley, a little, you know, whatever, whatever. If you got a favorite um, steak or beef rub, I would say, I wouldn't just go throw it. I mean, you could make a barbecue onion dip, but I probably wouldn't put rub in. It's going to change colors. I mean, but something kind of on that neutral all-purpose seasoning or steak seasoning would work great. I'll tell you another good one, and we use it all the time on beef, is that swine life. Yeah, beef. prime beef. It gives it that, it's got an umaminess to it, it would go. I have put that in an onion dip. You know, after we ate that, and it, like you said, you got to cover it with a little plastic wrap, stick it in the refrigerator, give it time to come together because that softens up those the dehydrated vegetables in that onion pack. It gives them time to kind of meld into the dip, and it lets your steak rub work, and everything just kind of comes together after about an hour. So that's plenty of time, and then you can take it out and serve it cool, and serve it with crackers, serve it with chips. I like ruffles. Yeah, the any kind of like wavy or ridged, great plain potato chip goes great with it. It needs to be substantial. That dip's thick. Which yeah, to me oh, is you like them thick. You know I like them thick. <laughs> it's. That's a selling point to me. I want a thick dip. Yeah. I have thick. <laughs> Who wants that old thin dip? I know. Running <laughs> off your chip and stuff. Yeah. Can't even grab it. <laughs> but it got me to thinking, caramelized onion, how would it be if you threw some mushrooms in there with it? And so you had a mushroom onion dip. Because I think the mushrooms would go with the creaminess and it would give it some texture too. Would you just chop them really Yeah, thin? yeah. Dice them. Dice them. I mean, I wouldn't like. I don't want them too big, but I don't want them too like minced mushrooms. I want it to still have some texture, but you could saute them the same way and then fold them in. The onions and the mushrooms fold that in. You might need an extra half cup of blue plate. Uh, blue plate, <laughs> just to beef it up a little, or kind of give it a little more body or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I bet it would be good. I I would- try, I've never tried it. I've never tried the mushroom creamy mushroom dip like that, but it sounds like it would be good. I'd try it. But that's going to – so another dip that I always, besides that buffalo chicken dip, is that crack dip. That's, that's another it. cold that's, dip. That's it's really easy. Cold dip. Everybody – that was on that was on the search thing, too. There's two dips on there. Surprisingly, Poncho's cheese dip or Rotel dip or queso was not on the list. Really? Guacamole was. Yeah. yeah it was a big that. search thing. Even in our area? Yeah. I would figure cheese dip would have been like – Rotel up is there big, too. I guess everybody knows how to make rotel. rotel. You don't need it. I mean, that's a staple. Have you been to a Super Bowl where they didn't have rotel cheese dip? I haven't been to a get together in the past twenty years where somebody didn't have didn't rotel. make rotel. Yeah, 
it may or may not have the sausage in it. Yeah, it's a different but There's always either a thing of ponchos opened up or some kind of queso of some sorts. Everybody does a Rotel. Yeah, yeah. So you got to have that for the Super Bowl, right? Even if it's... Wings and Rotel, that's, that's the staple. <laughs> that's the staple, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a Southern Super Bowl party right there. Um, but I want to do a wing board. What's a wing board? Think of charcuterie board. Okay. With at least four or five styles of wings. So some of them I would fry. Some of them I would uh, grill. and Some of them I would smoke. So you got three three techniques on them. And then like- multiple sauces, too. I think you you did this one time for, for probably a fancy football for a party. fantasy football yeah, party. Did. You didn't put it on a big board. Which we had them out cool. in their own little yeah pans, but I think the board would be cool because if you take like the the serving board that we cook on the let's get the cooking board, and you had you start your wings was your foundation. Your five different wings. You're going to put those on the board. Then you're going to have two dips, and then you're going to have. All the little stuff you garnish with your celery, your carrots. You could right. do some broccoli. You could do some red bell peppers. You could put pickles on it. You could even throw some extra cheese on there, like a a little crumbled area of blue cheese. And then, you're going to need a bigger board. You think so? <laughs> yeah. All that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, it sounds awesome. good to me. But a wing board, just winging it. <laughs> I don't remember when you did do that for the fantasy football draft. It was a big undertaking because you had wings on the smoker. You were frying wings. I don't think you grilled them. I think you just yeah, fried uh, and smoked with a couple different sauces in each one. Yeah, and a bunch of, I think there was a total of eight different styles. So let's go wing sauces. Top five. Buffalo. Number one. Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo. Or garlic buffalo. I'm a little partial to the spicy garlic buffalo. Yeah. That's my style. Which Um, most hot sauces like your Frank's Red Hots or Killer Hogs, they have that garlic. They have some garlic, yeah. yeah, but you still need to ramp it up just a little bit. And that's so that's my number one. Me number too. two, I've got to, I'm throwing jerk in there because I like jerk wings. Yeah. And they're a little different. I'm going to go dry. I like a dry, dry season. buffalo Buffalo season? Yeah. I like a dry. Okay. I don't mind the dry. I don't mind the dry. I like the way you do it. You lightly toss them in a butter when yeah. they come out, it's if like either a, the smoker, the fryer, whatever. You lightly toss them in butter and then put the dry seasoning on That's it. my secret to my lemon pepper wing. It's actually a lemon pepper butter wing. It's a, so it's a butter wing. So how do you do that? You cook them like normal. Um, instead of tossing in a sauce, as soon as they come off the pit, I have a stick of melted butter in a bowl. Probably not a whole stick. It depends on how many wings you're tossing at a time. But I'll just you know pour a little bit of melted butter in there. Maybe hit them with a little AP and then toss them a little bit. And then that gets them, that gets them wet, but they're not saucy, saucy, like mm-hmm. a hot wing. And then you come back and season right over the top of them with whatever season you're on both sides. It's lemon pepper, uh, lemon pepper, and I lay them out and lemon pepper them again. And then, so it's got this lemon pepper wet kind of thing, but it's not. But as it sits there, it soaks in, so it's still a dry wing. It's not oozing in sauce. That butter just helps whatever you're fixing to season it with stick. Yeah. It's and kind it of like a quick it, glue for it. And it makes it taste like butter. And it makes it rich. <laughs> so that regular dry seasoning, like uh, Cosmos has got some great ones. Yeah, Cosmos. We have them at the shop and on the website. His his wing seasoning is really good. But see, a wing seasoning, it's not like a regular seasoning out of a, like a rub. It's real powdery. It has, you know, it's kind of fine. Yeah. Different, you know, cor- uh, finer grain grit to it. Which, so you can take them and shake them real easy, but you need a, um, a dread shaker. 
with all the little bitty holes. You don't want to use the big holes in it because it gets too much on it. It does. You got to almost have like that powdered sugary like texture where you could dust it over it. It's a dust. I've made that. I've made that mistake before and got it way too. Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. It's intense. Way too much. Yeah. It can be intense, but I lo- I love the dry seasoning on it. All right. So you went a buffalo, specifically garlic buffalo. buffalo. I'm going jerk. Jerk. I'm going dry. Okay. Um, I'm definitely going to have a lemon pepper because I love a lemon pepper wing. And then my next one's probably going to be a play on an Asian style wing. So think of general sal sauce, kind of sweet with heat, that soy, that ginger. What's that Buffalo Wild Wings? Um, like they have Asian zing. Asian zing. And it's pretty good for a wing sauce straight out of a bottle. And a lot of those you can find at the grocery store right now. Yeah. I know Walmart and Kroger in our area has Buffalo Wild Wings. And some of them have a three-pack where you get there. But I'm not crazy about their garlic parm. I'm not really a garlic parm. They're okay, uh, but they're not my favorite. Sometimes they can get overpowered. Yeah, it's it goes much. And that's the case with any kind of wing sauce you're using. That, and that's kind of the trick to my wings. I hate it when the wing is doused so much that you need a whole roll of pepper towel to eat them. Sauce is dripping down. You don't really taste the chicken at all. It's just too saucy. So when I do wings, I usually put four four or five whole wings in like a Tupperware-style plastic bowl with the lid. And then I'll pour a couple of tablespoons of sauce. Not That's not much. You know, I'm not even talking a quarter cup. Like two tablespoons I'll start with, and I'll toss those wings in. The, and I just want to get them coated. And I'm not shaking the crap out of them either. I'm just kind of gently moving them around in that bowl with that lid to where they're, they're bouncing around, but they're getting coated even. And when you dump them out, there's not this big pool of sauce. And so you just build that light layers and that allows you to even use hotter sauces to me. Like I can use one of the hottest ones. I think that's at Buffalo. I mean, the hottest level as I go is that mango habanero. Well, if you get it at Buffalo wild wings, you never know who's pouring it. They can put the whole jug on it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so hot. You can't eat it or for me, but when I use it at home, like I buy the sauce, I can control how much I put on there. So I'm controlling that heat. So I'm getting the flavor without just getting blasted. So you're controlling your ratio. Yeah. Controlling the ratio. Chicken to heat. <laughs> yeah. Chicken wing to heat, to heat level to sauce. But that's what I, that's how I do them. I'm surprised you didn't put a, like a hot honey gold. Um, I do like those wings yeah. and they're good. They're good. But it seems like every time I have wings, we always throw those in there. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with those, but I'm thinking of my top ones. You might have me, I, I'm, I'm going around the world. I'm having no that patience. jerk. I'm having that Asian. I'm having that hot wing, you know. No, uh, no Cajun-y. No, I like when that. I I don't I like th- when I I don't think of Cajun flavors when I think of wings. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've made some and I've come up with some recipes for some Cajun style wings, and they were and, really good too. Yeah, I be, I did a bourbon style. It was kind of like a Cajun and bourbon Ooh. sauce that was pretty good on a wing. It was sweet, but, and, and it had those heats, and it had like kind of you know Cajun seasoning. It was flavor. really good. I think you called them your voodoo wings. Yeah, they were voodoo wings. That's exactly what they were, and they're good, but they're not like when I think of a. The wing that I'm going to go with, I'm going I'm to always have that kind of sweet and spicy Asian style. I'm going to have me a jerk wing. I'm having me a regular buffalo wing, and you know I'm happy. And a lemon pepper if I'm going to get out there. But those are those are fine eating. What do you um use to mix? What do you use to dip? Are you do you so, dip or not? I, I definitely. Uh, you know I don't dip the wing as much as I dip the celery and the carrots and the other stuff that goes with it. That goes in my dipping sauce. It's I mean, almost I like your to, palate cleanser. Yeah, I don't have to have like this giant bowl of 
ranch to run my wing through. I mean, it's okay. It's not my, it's not, I don't always, like, I, I'm not mad if I don't have a ranch or something to go with mine, but I love blue cheese dressing. And I think the cel- the vegetables go the best with the blue cheese to me. So Especially I'm, celery. If I'm doing wings, if I had my pick, I wouldn't even serve ranch. I'd serve blue cheese. But I know a lot of people like ranch, so we always do a ranch. But you came up with the idea of doing a blue ranch. Yeah. And I and love And we've it. talked about this before. Yeah. Blue ranch is awesome. I make a ranch, which is ranch packet, cup of sour cream, cup of blue plate mayonnaise. That's right. Mix it up, let it sit in the fridge, and then I half it. And take half and leave as ranch, and the other half we add blue cheese crumbles to. Yeah, and we just normally buy the little mm-hmm. cup. It's four ounces of blue cheese, but you found in our little cheese—is it a cheese monger section? Yeah, yeah. In Kroger, they've got all these specialty cheeses, and they've got a it's brand called Murray's. Murray, it's Murray. probably Wisconsin, isn't it? I have no idea. An Elmo's friend, Murray. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of when you said that. It's a, Murray, yeah. But uh, it's really good. It's my favorite. Blue Ranch. Don't sleep on that. Serve that at the Super Bowl. It's really good. And then you, you got to make it with Blue Plate. It's yeah. not good with any other other brand. I, I did see where Dukes was coming out with barbecue sauces. What? A white barbecue sauce, like a Carolina Gold and a yeah, I can sweet see it. barbecue sauce. I wonder if Dukes sold out to somebody or they just decided <laughs> to get in the barbecue game. I'm curious. I saw a li- it was a, this was another list I saw just the other day. It was from Epicurious which I guess is a food website magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, they listed the top mayonnaises in the, I don't know if it's in the world or in the U.S., but guess what? Now, they're not from the South at all that I know of. I don't yeah, think they, they're I don't not. Know where they're from. The number one mayonnaise. Blue Plate. was Blue Plate. And this was blind tasting. They had 10 different mayonnaises. And it usually comes out on top. It usually when on a, in a blind it's, test. In a blind taste test. How could you not like it? Dukes can say all they want. Say all they want. <laughs> It'll never be New Orleans best. <laughs> Real mayonnaise from the from the true South. If you are <laughs> using mayonnaise in any of your Super Bowl recipes this weekend, make sure to choose Blue Plate. There you go. You don't get better product placement than that. <laughs> Super Bowl and Blue. Hey, what if it's the New Orleans uh, Blue Plate Super Bowl next year? Think they're gonna step up and sponsor the Super Bowl? I mean, if if a box costs one point four, I can't imagine what the sponsorship of the Super Bowl uh, oh, costs. Yeah, I bet it's a hundred million or more. There's no telling. There's no telling. Be the title sponsor of the Super Bowl. We didn't even talk about um any sliders. Um, I didn't think. So. I mean, that's always a great. That was not on the top list of nobody. Ha- they didn't have sliders on Mm-mm. there. I love a good slider. I made some. I did a recipe on some the other day. Um, Another one. One thing that Michael always likes is <laughs> balls and weenies. Yeah. Meatballs and cocktail weenies. Can't beat them. In a barbecue sauce, like a, a sweet sauce yeah. with with the jelly or the... Yeah. He wants the jelly and the barbecue sauce. Yeah. I do think of that as a football food, always. Always, yeah. Always. Or a party food. Just a crock any pot. Kind. Who can't take a crock pot of... Balls and weenies. Yeah. What is it? Uh, I do Smoky Hollow Little Smokies or whatever they're called. Or I don't know what Brian Little Smokies maybe around here. And you got to get the good quality meatball too. Some of the crappy meatballs. What's a What's a quality frozen meatball? <laughs> <laughs> don't give me the bad quality I think it's ones. The armor that I don't like, yeah. I avoid that one. With the green and red pack. Yeah. Which one do you like? like if you're going to the grocery store and you're, I mean, the best is I just Sam's. go with what meatballs they have at yeah. the store I'm at. It's not like I have. 
a big choice, but I, know, I do know there's a difference though. You get you, these are the cheap meatballs, aren't they? They're little, they're more they're fluff. There's not much meat to flavor, them. It's like, flavorless. It's probably like soy meal or some some kind of binder makes them. Whatever bread they're using to make it into a ball. And I will say, uh, sweet baby rays. Ooh, sweet baby rays is the barbecue sauce to use for your balls and weenies. Why is that? I don't know. Old standard. I mean, we went with whatever was the cheapest. Yeah. If it was craft, so be it. If it's it was just, bullseye, if it's sweet babies, whoever had that dollar bottle of sauce was what, what was going in the balls and the weenies. Yeah. Sweet baby rays does great balls and weenies. I love it in beans. I'll buy a sweet. I mean, it's, I can't make my own barbecue sauce as cheap as I can buy that for making beans. Mine's good, you, but that's a five dollar bottle of barbecue sauce to pour in a thing of beans. I'm gonna uh, stretch that out a little. That goes on the meat. Yeah, yeah that goes on the meat. Cattleman's is good in barbecue. Yeah, whatever. Too. Whatever's cheap. Yeah, Cattleman's makes a good bean. I also had a. I don't think of barbecue honestly for like Super Bowl party. Not really. We you don't. Know, we don't. I don't know if I've ever really. I mean, I'm sure we have, but I, it's not one of my things. Oh, I gotta have pulled pork. Or I gotta have a brisket or something like that. Um, you did a recipe end of last year. The party ribs. Those that, would be good for a Super Bowl. They go on your board. Mm-hmm. Mix it up a little bit. So that was my other thing. I jotted down here. Besides a wing board, I just like making boards. You do. I love charcuterie boards. I love meat on a board, vegetable board, however you want to do it on a big board so everybody can kind of just graze and grab and go get back to the TV. But I had an idea of doing an appetizer board. So think of when you go to your favorite sports bar, wherever you watch football or sports or whatever, and they have they always have the appetizers on the menu. What appetizers do you like? Because I was thinking like fried pickles. Oh, yeah. Cheese sticks. Yes. Loaded skins. Yes. Um, shrimp. Like you could do grilled shrimp skewers yeah. or you could do – Bang bang shrimp style, all this on a board now. Uh, poppers like jalapeno poppers, but the uh, do you what? like the fried kind or do you like the grilled smoked kind? Both. <laughs> oh, you want both poppers? You're, there's no way you yeah. can do all that like on one board by one one person on one board. It would be so you know how they have the you'd have to assign I don't even know what they call people. that on the. It's usually the sampler. You're making a sampler appetizer board. If that don't go with the Super Bowl, I don't know what does. And it would be, I mean, it wouldn't be that hard. I mean, if you're, if you've got a fryer going, you can do all, you can do That's a lot true. of it. If you did a fryer yeah. and already had everything like Fryer-grid breaded and lined out and. But I just thought that would make a really cool looking board. Next week is also Mardi Gras. Man, there's too many things crammed right in here into Super, you got Super Bowl, Mardi Gras, Valentine's. Within four days. Yeah. Within four days of each other. So how so? It's really a good idea to have Super Bowl that close to Valentine's Day because you might could do some makeup. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I acted this way on Sunday, and I did all this with my guy buddies, and might have indulged on everything too much. I'm gonna make it all up to you, Valentine's Day. I'm gonna beg for forgiveness. Make you that surfing turf. Oh, that would be good Valentine's dinner, crab cake, and because uh, you gotta get that Mardi Gras thing. Going with Valentine, so you could do a surf and turf, like a filet and a crab cake. That well, would be really good. That's what you did for your recipe yeah. this week, uh, well, crab cakes. Because we had to, pl- we kind of planned, like we love to release, you know, y'all know we like to release videos or recipes around kind of holidays to us. Yeah. And Mardi Gras is a holiday to us. <laughs> you know, in the South, I don't know, they don't celebrate it everywhere, right? 
I know like Latin America, South America, they do Carnival, yeah. which is kind of like Mardi Gras. And then we have new, it's really, I would say, you know, it started Mobile, Alabama. I think that was like the first Mardi Gras celebration, but it, it kind of culminates in New Orleans. I would say that's the epicenter of Mardi Gras, yeah. where all the big balls yeah. and the parades and everybody thinks they go. But everywhere, they, every little town it's pretty, down that away celebrates Mardi Gras. Yeah, they do. It's not like um, <clears throat> New Orleans, Bourbon Street, Mardi Gras. They do like local parades, yeah. and it's a family affair, kind of like block parties. It's good times. Yeah. Um, Getting all the bad stuff out before you start Lent. It's much more of a town's getting together and in ha- yeah and and joy and stuff and that it's kind of like that in southern Mississippi and in Louisiana yeah and Mississippi southern Mississippi they do it I mean Mardi Gras it's kind of a regional thing I guess of yeah course. but it's it's all about to me it's all about food and good times and that's why we I think of you love Cajun food anyway I do it's it's really great cuisine. So you made crab cake. So I yeah, so I come up with something every year. I've done the boudin king cake. That was fire. Yeah. That was that was last year, I think. Yes. Yeah, so it you is. just wrap boudin in crescent, crescent rolls. rolls. That was a, like a a non Louisianians yeah, <laughs> way of yeah. making a king cake. It's easy. Man, it was really, really good. And then you made a crawfish cream sauce that went on top. Yes. And that's what set it off. Because one, it's just crescent roll dough and boudin sausage. Which is good. Yeah, which is good on its own. And then you bake it. And then you pour, you make that cream sauce with the crawfish tails. It was crawfish is crazy high this year. Yeah. Well, I hope it don't stay that way. You got a feeling it's it's not or it's going to drive demand. But right now, crawfish, ooh, it ain't looking good. But I made that sauce to go over the top of it, which was really, really good. That's a, that's a good party recipe, too. Yeah. A lot of people can eat it. You can cut it into little yeah. pieces. It's one that you can pick up and stand there and eat with your hands. So this year, I was thinking of something, and I know that one of your favorite things is crab cakes, fresh crab cakes. And I, I don't know if I've ever really made them for you, because we usually get them out at a restaurant or somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to make a crab cake, and then I was like, what can I do with a crab cake that would be unique? And I was thinking, po' boy sandwich. How I mean, good I've would seen that, be? that before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen it before, but I was like, man, that would be so good. And so, crab to me, a crab cake is mainly crab. It's got to be a lot of crab first. It I can't agree. be like stuffed crab because when I because some people, some places you go and get them and they're heavy on the breading. It is more like a cake. Yeah, and I'm making more of a crab or stuffing. Patty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or a stuffing. That's kind of what they're like, but it's really not meant to be. Those aren't the good ones. It's meant to be. Lump crab meat with just enough filler in it to make it hold together where it's not, it's, it wants to fall apart, but it's not falling apart. Yeah. It has you, a shake you, to it. You want to walk that line? I want to walk that line <laughs> to where I've just got a, a as much crab as you can, as much crab as I could pop in, you know, yeah. squeeze into it. And they are, they're really good. And I didn't, I mean, it's not like I went and bought crabs and, cooked them and bought and picked them and all that. I bought lump crab meat from the grocery store and it's not cheap because they do all that hard work because you don't think you don't get a whole lot of meat out of a crab. So you bought a 16 ounce tub is what you said? Uh, I think they were eight ounces. Eight ounces. And I, do, I bought three of them. So I did a pound and a half of crab meat. How much did that run you? Uh, it's probably 15 bucks a little container. 15 bucks I, a little don't, don't worry about Don't worry about what it's for Valentine's. I'm just. I'm just Party gras. <laughs> Special, special occasion crab. I'm just curious what the yeah. price 
what crab's uh, going for these pretty, days. Crab's not cheap. Pick lump crab meat. Now they had some, just some crab meat in the little thing too, and it's yeah. about half the price, about eight bucks. Is it imitation or is it? No, real? no, it's real crab, but it could be. It's not just the lump, the good lump meat. When I buy the one I bought, it comes like it's about the size of your thumb and little flight. It's like the good goods that come out of the crab. It's you know? a noticeable piece yeah, of crab. Yeah. yeah. And you still got to check it for, uh, you still got to pick it a little bit. Like I just kind of run my, I don't wash it. Or don't, I, I love it in that juice. It's not in a whole lot of juice. If you get those juicy, make sure you put it in a strainer or something. But you do want to run your fingers through it a little bit. Just feel if there's any little fragments of the shell or anything. You don't want any of that in there. And so once you picked your crab, you got to have a binder. So it's kind of like making a remoulade sauce almost that what I bind it with. So I use blue plate mayonnaise. That's what it starts. It's the foundation of the glue. I throw an egg in there. I do throw a little bit of, of shallot, a little bit of parsley in there just to give it a little crunch, you know. A um, little bit of garlic, not much, like a teaspoon of minced garlic, just a, you know, a couple, maybe a clove or two. That's all it needs. You don't want to over, a uh, little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of lemon zest. So we're sharing some hot sauce. Super, super easy. And a little mix that up. Well, that's mix that sauce. That's kind of the sauce, and it's almost like a remoulade sauce with an egg in it. But the the mayo and the egg are going to work as, as part of helping it glue together. Then I add. You got to have a little bit of a bread element. So I use panko bread crumbs. I fold that in. Get all that kind of whipped up together. Then put your crab in, but gently put your crab in. You don't want to break it up into where the, all the pieces are all shredded. Sometimes you, you get crab cakes and the crab's just super fine little bitty threads. I still want it to know you're eating crab. I want to have that lump meat in there. So I fold that in a little bit, get it incorporated. And then this is, uh, you got to make it into patties. So you got, you got a choice, use your hands. Um, if you had to measure it, you want about a two and a half, three inch round cake. And usually it's about, if I had to measure it, it'd be about half a cup. So if you wanted to grab a half a cup scoop, get your half a cup scoop and then put it in your hands and gently press it and just form it. Don't work it too much, but you're just putting pressure on it in your hands and going back and forth until you get it into that patty shape. And it's, you know, it's about two and a half, three inches round and then set it on some parchment paper, some butcher paper on a, on a sheet pan. And then once you get them all pattied out, most importantly, stick them in the refrigerator for at least 20 minutes, 30 minutes is, you know, probably best 20 to 30 minutes that gives that egg and that mayo and that breadcrumb and all that time uh, to kind of glue, hold the crab meat together, and those flavors kind of come through. You, you know, you're getting all that good. Oh, I forgot you got to season that too. I was going to say season your crab cakes with Cajun. Uh, I use King Crab. Use any kind of Cajun seasoning you want. You used hot sauce too. And I, I put a little hot sauce in the Worcestershire in it. Yeah, I think I listed that. But if I didn't, I had a little bit of that. But you don't want too much liquid, or it'll be runny. They won't stick yeah. together. It's a it's a fine little mixture there. So don't get crazy with the the lemon juice, the Worcestershire, and the hot sauce, just dashes. And once you get them, once you get them put together and they're set for 30 minutes, it's time to cook them. And then all you need is some butter. A uh, lot of butter. A lot of butter. <laughs> all you need is a lot of butter. And you could use, you could do this inside in a saute pan or in a cast iron skillet. Uh, but I, I, I fired up my flat top. Which I, think I had the Weber griddle perfect. going. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect for it. I've got that griddle butter that I like to use. What's your griddle butter? I think the brand name is like Whirl Butter. So Jay Craig put me on it. He's like, man, we buy this stuff and use it on our flat tops all the time. And I always see like when you go to restaurants or somewhere, they've got that little pan of clear cooking butter or whatever sitting over on the side. And yeah, you could use ghee. 
the gi is expensive, expensive, mm-hmm. like to use that much. So if I had that whole big squeeze bottle of gi, that's probably 30 bucks, you know? So I use this butter and it's just a, a butter flavored oil. If I had to bet, it's probably yeah. even real butter, but it tastes dang good. <laughs> tastes real good. And it works great. No, it works great on a griddle. Yeah. And so I just keep it in that little squeeze bottle. I'll squeeze some of that on my griddle surface and get it. I had it on about medium everywhere. You don't want it cranking super hot, but you don't want it too low to where it takes forever for them to brown either. Because if you think about it, you could eat that crab straight out of the container. But you got to cook the other ingredients enough. You you know, it's got that egg in there and, and you the bread. The you want, you want it crispy. So you want it good and hot. I mean, I'm not, I never would have tempted a crab cake. But I mean, I don't know what temperature it probably they'd probably say one forty five or something like yeah. that. But I'm not worried about temping it. I want that crust, that golden brown crust on it. So once I put that grilling butter down, I'll take the crab cake, gently lay it in there, and I might squeeze a little more, you know, around or whatever. Do them in batches so you're not working too, you know, you're not rushing yourself. It's not a it's not a long cook or anything. Three minutes, and then gently flip them. Put you some more oil down. Flip them into that. And then go another two to three minutes. You want to check them, like lift them up really easy and look when that bottom side's brown. You know, you do all that. But, and then, I mean, how easy is that? Simple. You got to serve it with the remoulade, though. Yeah. The remoulade's key. Like if I'm serving just the crab cakes, I'm going to have remoulade drizzled over it. I'm going to hit it with some fresh chopped chives. And then I'm probably going to squeeze a little bit more lemon juice right on top. And, and so, you, you know, two crab cakes. Is a a lot. I mean, that would be a that would be like an entree size, uh, you know. So if you serve somebody a crab cake and a fillet, that's substantial. And it probably made what eight or nine. So I made a pretty. I mean, we good. had enough for two po boys. Yeah. You put four on each po boy, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We had eight. And I think nine. I ate one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to try one. So I think it made nine. There. So so you could serve four that's, people easy with it. To be so kind of a fancy, you know. Yeah. A dish, it's really easy. You assembled it, you got it cold, and then yep. you just flat topped it. That's it. That's all it is. It's super easy. Yeah. Super, and it's quick. I mean, you can't be flipping it a lot. One, no, flip. you can't. Yeah, you can't. There's no mashing it, doing all that. It's when it bird. goes on, you turn it once, and it comes off. That's the technique, and it's it's, it's really. I've seen some people uh, that cook them in the oven. I've never tried that. I've always. You know, if I've done them, I've done them in a pan. How would they cook in the oven? Like, get it really hot? Yeah, uh, yeah, like 350-400. 350-400. For how long? Um, Until they start browning. I mean, I imagine it takes 15, 20 minutes. I really don't know. I've never done it. But I've just heard or I've you know seen recipes where people say they cooked them in the oven. But they do look like they've got more filler because it's got more of that crust. And I mean, I've seen people deep fry them before. But I don't think that those are the ones that aren't true the way I like to eat a crab cake, they're more cake than crab. Yeah. Mine are, mine's more crab than cake. I feel like in the oven, you're not going to get that good crunch on the outside. You know, that brown. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's worth a try. Compare them. See okay. which ones you like. <laughs> I'll do that taste test. I, well, I turned it into a po' boy. That was what made it like, I didn't serve them as like an appetizer or entree. I served them as a po' boy sandwich. And so I took a, like a loaf of French bread. Where, where'd you get your bread? Well, it came from a very famous, very famous bakery around here <laughs> called Lenny. <laughs> it was some Lenny's bread. I didn't have po' boy bread. I wish I did have po' boy bread. Lenny's is I don't sell Leidenheimer's up here. Yeah. Lenny's is a local sandwich shop. Yeah. I, I wonder, is Lenny's nationwide? I don't think so. It's regional? Yeah. 
When in doubt, if you can't find bread, go to a sandwich shop. They'll sell you just the bread. It's pretty good. I was theirs I, is really good. It's as good as Po' Boy bread. I mean, it's as good yeah. as leading time. I mean, because it's it gets like when you toast it, you get that harder crunch on the outside, so it stands up to a sandwich. But on the inside, it's still soft and pillowy because you don't want it like if you go buy a French bread loaf from Kroger, it's super dense. Mm-hmm. It's not light on the inside. Uh, I want them to be almost you know pillowy soft on the inside. It's still toasted a little bit. We've used Subway bread before. I've used Subway and stuff before. Yeah, not as good as Lenny's, but yeah, I've used it for Philly cheesesteaks before. Yeah, that's true. Makes a good Philly cheese. To me, a po'boy bread is a bread is just like what you say. It's crunchy on the outside yeah. and kind of flaky. Almost a little hard, almost just yeah, touch on the outside. It's a hard, crusted bread on the outside, and then on the inside, it's yeah. nice and soft. And so, when you bite into it, you get a little crunch from the outer, but then you get the softness, and then whatever you got on the inside stands up well to it, and gives you those textures. Yeah. So I mixed up a remoulade, which at blue plate Dijon mustard. Um, I put I always put a little Worcestershire, a little hot sauce in it, a little bit of uh, parsley. A little, little, little bit of garlic. Um, I don't I don't usually put sweet pickles in my remoulade. So I put, instead of putting pickles in it, I opened up the sweet pickle relish and poured a little, probably two teaspoons of sweet pickle relish juice in my remoulade sauce. Because it thinned it down just a little bit, but it didn't have those chunks of the sweet pickle relish in it. I like the chunks. And, oh, do you? In your remoulade? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could add that if you wanted to. Just put a couple of tablespoons of sweet pickle. If you needed that, but I, I I like it to be kind of smooth because it does have the parsley in it and it does have, mm-hmm. you know, some garlic in it and, and a little bit of green onion or chive, whichever one you wanted to use there. And it's got a little lemon juice in it, a little lemon zest, a little Worcestershire, a little hot sauce and a little Cajun, like two tablespoons of Cajun seasoning. So it's a kicked up mayo, basically. Yeah. Pretty much. But that That was the glue for your sandwich. So once you toast your French bread. You slather down some of that remoulade, put shredded lettuce, sliced tomatoes, uh, thin sliced dill pickle chips. That's that's standard po' boy dressing. Crab cakes on top, top bun toasted, more slather of the remoulade over the top, cut that dude in half. And if you could eat that whole thing, you a man. Because <laughs> this guy, that's four crab cakes and all that bread and all the the. Stuff the doctor wants on there, the lettuce and the tomato. The stuff I want on there, double remoulade. <laughs> it's a heck of a po' boy sandwich. That's a $30 po' boy. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was that good. I was like, man, I'd pay 30 bucks for this. It was really good. Because it'd feed two people, too. I mean, yeah. That's one of the best. I mean, I'm partial to crab cakes, but that's one of the best things you yeah. cook too much. Well, that, and you cook gumbo last weekend. Yeah. that was. I was getting all my Mardi Gras dishes in. That's what I was going to ask you. I had that on my notes. What is... Mardi Gras food. When you think of Mardi Gras, what do you think of eating? I know you. I know what you think of drinking. It's I mean, all like good stuff. Barbecue shrimp, crab cakes, gumbo, king cake. That was my number one. King I think cake. Mardi Gras. I think king cake. Yeah, the sweet one. I mean, the savory one's awesome. But we got one back there. But one came in yesterday from Mardi Gras. Yeah. What about etouffee? Are you a big etouffee shrimp etouffee eh. crawfish etouffee? I want to talk about your gumbo. Okay. That is the best gumbo I've ever had. I can make a pot of gumbo. I don't know what I don't know what a championship level gumbo tastes like. I've never had one that I know of, but I think this one would give give a gumbo contest a run for its money. You said that you ate you ate, ate your bowl of gumbo and you said, 
I think I could win a gumbo contest. <laughs> <laughs> I normally don't. I normally don't say that when I cook. Uh uh-uh. Eat my own stuff. That was pretty good. It was. It wasn't pretty good. It was really good. But you worked kind of in stages because you work. You made your brew one day. I made my brew the day ahead. And how long did it take you to make the brew? That's about 30, 30, 45 minutes. Constant stirring the way I do it. Do you think letting your roux like sit overnight is beneficial at all? I don't think it makes that. I don't think it makes any difference. Okay. Uh-uh. It doesn't like whether you make the it, flavors or no, anything. No, I don't think so. Once it's roux, it's roux. I mean, once you've taken it to that stage, the only thing with making a roux is if you burn it, if you get it too hot and it scorches. You might as well throw it out and start over because there's no coming back and your gumbo will taste like that scorched roux. And there's a fine line between getting it dark enough to where I want it and then not burning it. I agree. So that's, I take it through all the stages from blonde to red, to peanut butter, to dark, you know, to I'll go all the way. And I, I mean, I, I, the mine's pretty dark, but I think it gives the gumbo a better flavor. I mean, some people say, you know, Oh, you don't want to, you know, you want to use a lighter roux if you're making this gumbo or darker roux for this one. I I usually mine, I make a roux the same way when I make mine. So it's a pretty dark roux. If I, what Emerald say, it's a, Three or four berry roux? Yeah. That's for a light drinker. <laughs> 12 pack roux. You don't do no 12 pack roux. <laughs> uh, but you stand there at the stove and keep it on low. And that's that's my my trick to it. I usually use a pretty good bottom pot. I keep my heat on about medium low on my stove. That's about number two, two, three, right in there. And I add me a, a cup of oil and a cup of flour and I just get to stirring and keep it moving. And that's it. That's it. I use all a wooden you're doing spoon is, and is cooking the flour. That's all you're doing. It's cooking that flour and that oil until it, you know, it, it'll thicken up on you a little bit and it'll start going through its color changes and you'll smell the nuttiness come out. And, oh, it but smells if you ever, oh yeah, yeah, it makes it, yeah, it makes your whole kitchen smell good making a roux. And you don't season it, you don't do anything to it. And then when I, so I usually take it, take it off the heat and let it sit in the pan a little bit, make sure I stir it every once in a while while it's cooling down. Then I'll put it in a jar. And you don't have, even if you don't use all of it, like usually I use a cup and a cup and I use the whole thing in my pot of gumbo. But if you're making a, you know, if you want to make more, roux will keep. So you can make your roux ahead of time and put it in a jar and stick it in the refrigerator or whatever and use it for other dishes too. And then when you decide it's time to make gumbo, put yeah. that roux in a pot. Um, what happens? So my process is I, I mean, this one was a chicken and sausage gumbo that I made. And you had shrimp in there. I supplement it because I always throw some in at the end just to, because I like shrimp, but it's not a seafood gumbo. It's a, it's a chicken and sausage gumbo. So I start with a uh, country pleasing undoey sausage. I cut them, um, usually take those links and split them in half long ways and then come back and half those. So it's these little half moons and I brown up my sausage in my pot first. And so once I get my sausage, it kind of, you know, you start getting some of that gree gree in the bottom of it, that stuff that sticks to it. You want to leave that in there. Once I get my sausage rendered down, get it browned up, I get it over in paper towel, let it kind of hang out on the side, cooling off. I th- and I take chicken thighs and I usually cut them into, I use the boneless skinless thighs. I'll cut them into chunks, you know, usually kind of quarters or how, how, depending on how what big are you that talking, piece. like a bite? Yeah, bite-sized bite size. pieces, but I don't get real small with it because it's going to cook down. So if I take one, I'll half it and then half it again. And usually that's four good chunks, little nuggets. I'll season those with a little king crawl, throw them in that sausage grease. Um, if it needs a little more, most time it, most time it doesn't need any more oil, but you can always add a little bit more olive oil or cooking oil or something. But I brown up my chicken. I'm not trying to cook the chicken through. I'm just trying to get it, get it browned up all the way on the outside. So it usually takes, you know, 
five to seven minutes. I'll turn it every once in a while. I'll keep it, you know, let it, let it cook good on one side, flip them all over, let them cook good on that other side and see what they look like. Once I get it brown good, I'll take it off and put it on paper towel and put it to the side. Um, then comes my vegetables. I leave all that in the pot now. Now, it depends on how much grease is in there. You don't want a bunch of grease, but you're going to need a couple tablespoons anyway. Onions, bell pepper, celery, the trinity, plus the pope. But the pope don't go in until What's the, the, veg- pope? the garlic. Okay. <clears throat> so the they say the cloves of garlic look like the Pope's nose or something. I don't know. That's what they call it. The Pope plus the Pope. So Trinity goes in and that's what deglazes your pot. But you put that onion and those vegetables in there and you start working it around. It's pulling up all that goodness that you've done got on the bottom of that pot. That stuff that stick on comes up and it flavors your stuff. It's not burnt. It just gives it a good flavor. So I get my vegetables softened up, sweated down. You're not caramelizing them. You're sweating them down. Then I throw my garlic in, go about 30 seconds to a minute more because you don't want to burn that garlic. Then it's time to start thinking about building the gumbo. So that's when I start adding my roux. I put my roux back in, um, get it working around in the vegetables. Uh, I will take, um, I usually use chicken broth when I'm making chicken sausage gumbo. So you can either buy broth or have some broth that you've already made, but I'll put a little in at a time, like say a cup, start stirring it cup start stirring it because that'll break that roux down in those vegetables if you just dump all your liquid in it all separates and you get it clumpy and all that and you don't want those clumps i mean they'll eventually cook out if you do that as i have done it before i learned slowly add my broth but i'm slowing my broth and i'm slowly adding that broth and mixing it until it turns into it looks like you know kind of like a gravy almost or a sauce going on in there it's all blended it's all you know smooth with chunky with the vegetables then i add the rest of my liquid then I add a bay leaf, I add my Cajun seasonings, um, and usually all I do is some king crawl. I may put in a little bit more white pepper to give it a little punch, and then I may put in um, a little extra onion powder. But that's about all the seasonings I do to it. I'll, I'll taste it as it goes and see if it needs more salt and pepper, but that's usually about it. Um, so once I get that going, got my bay leaf in there, I'll put my ochre in, but I never put um, just uncooked okra in a gumbo because it gets slimy so you can either cook it on the stove top like saute the okra until it, the slime cooks off of it you can throw it on a sheet pan in the oven and roast it until it you're not trying to cook it like you know all the way charred up you're just trying to pull the <clears throat> you're trying moisture. to get get the moisture out of it it releases that slime that's in okra and once that slime's gone it's good to go but this time you know what i did air fryer 400 10 minutes. I shook it halfway through and that okra was perfect. This was froze okra straight out of the freezer. You know, it's already cut up. You, you dump froze okra? Froze okra in, in the, the air fryer. Well, first I put it in a bowl, seasoned it with a little uh, olive oil and AP. Put it in the air fryer. Let it go five minutes. Shook it five minutes. It was perfect. Slime was gone. They were starting to brown up on the edges a little bit, but it had a really good texture. Then it goes in the pot. And then I put my sausage back in the pot. And I bring it up to a simmer. And I still got my chicken to the side now. I don't. The most important thing is don't overcook that chicken, and because it'll go stringy and it'll go mushy. Yeah, you don't even know it's that. in there. Yeah. But so I get my base going. It's got the okra in it. It's got the sausage in it. It's got you know all the liquid in it. And usually, for that for a cup of roux, a pot of gumbo, I'm usually three quarts of broth. That's mine. Three boxes, um, and that cook the consistency just right. And then once that comes up to a simmer i'll turn the heat down i'll let it simmer about 30 minutes uncovered because i'm reducing it down some then i'll add my chicken to it simmer it another 30 minutes so it's like a full hour simmer and sometimes i'll even cut the heat off and just let it hang out covered 
Then I'll put the lid on it and just let it sit there because what happens is as it cools down, it's just like a pot of chili. Those flavors start coming together and it tastes really good. Then I'll slowly bring the heat back up, ready to serve it, bring it almost back. You want it a little bubbling, but not really boiling or anything. Taste it, see if it needs any doctoring. You can add a little more Cajun seasoning if you need it. You can add salt and pepper if you need it. Most of the time it don't. And that's when I'd put my raw, peeled, tailed off shrimp in there. And I just do that the last five minutes right before serving it. That way the shrimp's still thawed. pop. Yeah, they're thawed. They're not froze. They're thawed. I don't want to add any more moisture to it. I season those with a little king crawl, drop them in. And, I mean, that's that's not really a Louisiana thing. You're probably not going to catch anybody making sausage and chicken gumbo and then putting shrimp. But I like it personally. I think it gives it a little more. So well, that's a good thing about gumbo. You can put make it whatever, whatever you, want. you want. But it's got all those elements, and then I serve it. Now, traditionally, scoop of rice, gumbo, you know, maybe a little filet, ground filet over it. or a little It's filet. Sassafras root. Okay. I don't know why. I mean, I guess people used it to thicken gumbo at one time. You can put it in it, or some people serve it over it. I'm not a, I mean, it's okay. I'm not I, don't, I don't have to have it for my gumbo. I do like hot sauce. That yeah. hot sauce and green onion, that's what I top mine with. But I have figured out the best way to eat a bowl of gumbo. You're not going to say potato salad, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not saying potato salad's not bad. Is it the best way? No. It's okay. He gives it a, it's a creamy element to it, to gumbo. If you like a gumbo creamy. But this one is ultimate flavor. I take French bread, and I usually slice it up, wrap it in full, throw it in the oven. 12 to 15 minutes, it's hot, you know. And then when that French bread comes out, get you some room temp butter, smear it thick on both sides. Put that in your bowl. Put your gumbo, or sometimes I will put just a little bit of rice on the side of that, just like a little ice cream scoop, not a big mound of rice. Then put my gumbo in there. And let it sit for a few minutes, and that gumbo mixes with that butter on that bread. And that bread smothered in that gumbo is some of the it's one of the best bites of food you can have. It's really good. It is like Michael ate like three bowls of it. <laughs> it was incredible. I've been using. I'm not a big rice fan, so I've been using bread and butter on, for with my gumbo, gumbo for a year. Oh, really? Oh, I thought I invented something <laughs> when I did that. I was like, man, this because I always have bread on the side, and then double butter yeah. bread and a bowl of gumbo. Oh, man, it doesn't get much more delicious than that. That's a good pot of. I saw you froze some of it. Did you? Yeah. Well, I didn't want it to go bad. Yeah. It's hard to eat a whole pot of gumbo. (laughs) It is. I'm up for the challenge, but after two bowls, it's like I'm not gumboed out. I did see. So, you know, Monday in Louisiana, Mondays is traditionally red beans and rice day. But usually after you've had red beans and rice. There's always some red beans left over. There might not be no rice left over, but there's usually red beans. You make a big pot of it, right? Well, they take the red beans left over and make what they call uh, gumbo beans or something like that, where they put those red beans in the gumbo. I've never tried it, but that sounded so interesting to me. I was like, man, I bet that would be good. Adding red beans to your gumbo. Would you Would you be down for that, or is that just faux pas to you? You're not getting me. <laughs> You're not getting you. I'm not. I don't have you interested on the red beans added to gumbo. I think I would try good, it, but it's, I love red beans. And yeah, rice. you like that's red beans of, and yeah, rice. It's one of my things. We'll talk about red beans and rice. Your red beans and rice recipe later. All right. I think you need to do a gumbo recipe. Have I never? Have I never done one? I don't on? think so. Oh yeah. You've done a red beans and rice. Yeah. But never a gumbo. Man, I, 
I, I just walked through it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't need much of an excuse to make a gumbo. That's for sure. Anything interesting happened in the community this week? I did see someone ask a question. I don't. I didn't answer it. Oh, we had our. Well, they were talking giveaway. about. Oh, that's good. It's done, but yeah, we'll yeah. be doing another giveaway soon. That's anyway, true. go ahead. Well, I was saying there was a question about what steakhouse was I talking. That's the one thing oh. I was going to bring up. Yeah, and it's the Como Steakhouse, and there were some guys on there that chimed in Como and. Yes. Is it the best steakhouse I've ever been to? Absolutely not. Is it one of my go-tos because I enjoy the ambiance? I know what I'm going to get there. The steak's always good. I mean, it's just... It's flame-grilled right there in front of you. old-school steakhouse. You're getting the same salad, the same potato with that steak. You know, there's not a whole lot of choices there. And it's it's just old-school, man. I mean... I've had a really good steak there before, and I've had a steak that I'm like, this is terrible. So... Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like Como. Oh, I like it a lot. Delta too. Steakhouse, somebody mentioned that. Yeah. Is it? I mean, it's pretty dang close. There, It's a little more, I would say Delta's, if I had to say, is a little more upscale. Yeah. If you I mean, say that. If you yeah. can say that. Yeah. For, for some type of Mississippi, it's upscale. <laughs> it's really good. I mean, there's. Uh, Rodney chimed in Porch and Parlor. Porch and Parlor is a fine place in Memphis. That's probably one of the nicer but, ones. In yeah, Memphis. I don't consider it a steakhouse, though. Do you? No, not really, because they do a lot of fish. Yeah. They do a lot of fish. They a lot have of wild other game. Stuff, other, yeah. than, other than just steak. Now, they do have some good steak there. Um, do you have any other steakhouses that just jump off to you? Capital Grill is usually pretty good. I know it's a chain. Solid, but yeah. yeah. It's solid. It's solid. solid. Yeah. Everybody says Ruth's Chris. I've never been impressed with their steak. You know... It's okay. You like a broiled steak? Yeah, that's what it is. It's broiled. It don't have yeah. any flavor. I usually don't go for... My judgment is I don't go for sous vide and I don't go for for broiled. Salamander, well, I eat yeah. them. Heck yeah, I'll eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if it's going to be my choice, I'd, I'd go down to Como where they got a grill in there and a guy that's sitting there with his headphones on jamming out. <laughs> Grilling steaks right there, and I can see him. He's got his cooking towel. Yeah, he's got his cooking towel going. He's slathering on stuff, and I mean that's steakhouse to me. Marshall's is a good one over in uh, what county? It's in Benton or Marshall County, maybe. I guess it's Marshall County. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but it's a it's a it's a good one that's close to us. We haven't been there lately. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, we need to go back. AC's is not bad steakhouse here in town. It's okay. So, what are your Valentine's plans? Um, well, I plan on being on a beach <laughs> with you, letting you do, doing whatever Shell wants to do for a week. That's the whole Valentine's. Rest, yeah. re- relax. You let me hunt. I take you to the beach. <laughs> that's kind of, <laughs> that's the deal. It just so happens it falls on Valentine's. So it kind of works out. I'm not. I'm not gonna have to cook. I don't. I don't know if they'll let me cook down there. <laughs> <laughs> I could run that jerk shack. That's the one thing I know I could do is run a jerk grill. I could see you loving that. Oh yeah, passing out rum drinks and jerk all day. Chicken, just standing over a grill, hanging out. Somebody else would do the plantains and the and the bread. I got the chicken and the pork down, the sausage, and the rum drinks. I got a blender just like they use down there. So it's, I can, I, I can make that Bob Marley. I can make all of them. The Purple Rain. <laughs> I, what's your the favorite? Dirty Bananas. The dirty Bananas. Yeah. I can, pina Coladas. Pina Colada, the Margaritas. I got them. I got the frozen, the frozen uh, resort drink down. That's a, 
That'd be fun to me. I mean, that's like a dream job. <laughs> running a jerk shack. <laughs> running a jerk shack with a bar, with a rum bar on attached to it, or frozen drinks. That's very true. That's yeah. your. That would be your dream job. Heck yeah. Is it running a Fortune 500 company or no. <laughs> winning a, the Super Bowl, anything no, like that? No. No. <laughs> I want to be a jerk shack. I want to run a jerk, <laughs> a jerk shack. And just hang out with locals all day long. That's it. Yeah, I don't want the tourists. I don't want to be one of those cruise ship ports and it's just all the... I just want to be regular folks coming up there and hanging out, wanting some lunch and some conversation, some music. You're a simple man. Simple man. Shelled by the sea. I already got a name picked out for it. <laughs> Shelled by the feet, sea jerk shack and t-shirt shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's our retirement plan. That's our retirement plan. One of these days. Well, that's all I have for you this week. All right. Well, hey, y'all check out the Let's Get Get to Cooking community on Facebook. Uh, we will have, like Shell mentioned earlier, we will have uh, some more giveaways going on there pretty soon. Uh, we know we're going to be getting into grilling season. Y'all let us know what, if y'all got some cool Super Bowl stuff, snap some pics, put it on there and share it up. You're going to share your um, wing board? Well, if, if I do a wing board this week, I'm going to have to share it. It sounds like a dang good idea. I may have to do that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great place to be a part of and, and communicate with us and let us know what y'all think. Um, we will be back next week for another episode of the how to barbecue right podcast. Shell, where can they find us? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ right on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram and TikTok. All right. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us today and we'll see y'all next week. We gone.